I invite you to stand with me for our call to worship. We are the people of the Feast of God. We are the people offered life in all its fullness. In thanksgiving we gather. We sing, Jesus calls us here to meet him as through word and song and prayer. Please be seated. <clears throat> well, welcome to worship, everyone, this morning. It's really good to be back among you. In fact, it's been so long, I thought I'd better get back sharpish. I should forget what I look like. There's some thank yous to say. Thank you so much um, to all of you who have sent your good wishes and offered your care these past few weeks. And uh, special thanks to Cheryl and to uh, Mike and the wardens and stewards, everybody who has been holding the fort while I've been away. Thank you. Uh, today is a busy day on the calendar. It marks Racial Justice Sunday, it's Church Action on Poverty Sunday, and in the lectionary, it's the last Sunday before the season of Lent, when we turn our attention to the transfiguration. We read of Jesus and three of his disciples climbing the mountain and something extraordinary and out of this world happening to them. And we think about the, the nature of our relationship with God 
and how the glory of God is revealed. Out of the depths of the cloud, God speaks. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Let us pray together. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, (coughs) all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We come now to a time of confession. And let us draw near in faith and without fear to open ourselves into such enveloping love, love that has known us from before we were formed. And so we share in our prayer of confession. Gracious God, we confess to you and to one another the ways we fail to live the lives you want for us. We make ourselves busy with many things and neglect to listen to your voice. We see the worst in the world around us and look past your signs of hope. We focus on our own hurts, anger, and disappointments, and close our hearts to your transforming grace. O holy light of the world, forgive us. Open our eyes to your endless possibilities. Give us courage to listen for your call to us. Jesus is the light to the world. People of God, hear then these words of grace. Your sins are forgiven. Please stand with me. We say together, glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, You take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Please be seated. I thought it was going to be a bit of a dull day today, but actually the window is shining quite brightly, isn't it? A little earlier people had their sunglasses on as the light, the rainbow light was dancing through the church on the pillars and the walls and across your beautiful faces reminding us that we are a rainbow people, all very different, but all God's children, Uh, and that God will never break God's promise. God will never leave us. That's what the rainbow represents in the scriptures. But when it is a bit dark, what do we do? What do we do when it's dark? switch the light on it's too easy isn't it (laughs) we switch the light on and the darkness disappears when it goes to dusk at the end of the day what comes on to help us when we're moving around the city street lights do you have a night light 
at home for when you go to bed. Why do you like putting on the nightlight? To read in bed. <laughs> Never work with animals or children. <laughs> to read in bed, it's true. But I used to have the nightlight on because I was a bit scared of the dark. Still am a little bit, you know. So just having a little bit of light used to really comfort me and then I could drop off to sleep. Do you have a nightlight in your house? Do you have a nightlight? You do, yeah. Anybody carry a torch when they go out at night? Yeah. What's the brightest light ever? What? The sun. Absolutely. Got it in one. The sun which gives light and life to the world. But, you know, can you look at the sun? No, you can't. Because our eyes just can't cope with looking directly at the sun. The Bible tells us that we can't look directly at God either. We just couldn't cope if we were to look directly at God. So in the Bible, there are lots of stories of people just seeing the hem of God's cloak or just seeing the back of God as God passes by. But to help us with this, God sent Jesus to be with us and to show us who God is, the Son of God. And in the story that we're going to be looking at today, Jesus also shines brightly. But the disciples that are with him are able to see him. And they're oh, taken aback by this transfiguration, it's called, a kind of transformation of Jesus before their eyes. Nonetheless, Jesus shares his life with us as our friend and invites us to share our lives with him so that we understand who God is. And as we do this, the light and love of God is shared between us all. We're going to sing about this now. Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness, shining.
in a moment, the children are going to leave for junior church, and we ask God's blessing upon them and upon us all as we continue in our learning and our worship together. Um, I'd like us to sing a verse of the Spirit lives to set us free, walk, walk in the light, uh, as the children leave, uh, as are, are wishing them well as they, as they go. Uh, so, Perhaps you could give us the introduction. We're just going to sing one uh, verse and, and one chorus. And if the children leave as we're singing. first reading is from the book of Kings, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Listen for the word of God. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. For the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet... If you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen, But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Holy wisdom, holy word, thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Glory to Christ our Saviour. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. 
and he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them any more, but only Jesus. This is the Gospel of Christ. Praise, Praise to Christ, Christ our Lord. Please be seated. So today marks the end of the season of Epiphany, a season of light, which included, of course, uh, Jesus being baptised by his cousin John. Jesus going down deep into the murky waters of the Jordan, coming up and out and seeing the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove and a voice from heaven declaring, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. God speaking directly to Jesus, affirming him tenderly as one of us. And now, at the end of the season and amid brilliant light, a voice from within a cloud declaring, This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to him. It's been a rather strange epiphany for me. Little did I know on Christmas Day that I would not be leading worship again until the second week of February. The whole season in the life of the church missed, spent being a bit too ill to read or write or even reflect that much, just coughing and sleeping and coughing. <laughs> and becoming an expert on escape to the country and a homes under the hammer. More of a Lenten wilderness, actually, than an epiphany. Though, of course, there are epiphanies to be found in the wilderness, but that's to come. Having been baptised, Jesus emerged from the murky water, water of the Jordan and went forward without hesitating, healing, teaching, feeding, and proclaiming the good news, heading towards the next 40 days, which will ultimately carry him towards the cross. And as we prepare to journey through the season of Lent, God is turning towards us and God is speaking directly to us. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. It couldn't be clearer. God tells Peter and James and John to listen to Jesus and to believe his word, a word which Peter has just disputed. That rejection, suffering, death, and resurrection are integral to the messianic mission. And in telling them, so God tells us who Jesus is and that we must listen to him. If you get the chance, I really encourage you to sit down and in one go, read through Mark's Gospel 
from beginning to end. It really won't take you a long time. It's a short book. And it'll set you up for the whole of the rest of the lectionary year. It's an exciting, breathless, energetic encounter with the Jesus story. And one of the things that you will notice is how often the disciples struggle with hearing what Jesus is saying to them and really struggle in understanding what Jesus is teaching and doing. And you will notice that during the last 40 days, no matter what Jesus says to whoever he is addressing, like, go home and say nothing, or stay out of the village, or keep stum about who I am, and most of all, don't be afraid. His disciples, as well as all the others around him, always seem to do the complete opposite. <laughs> and just like the disciples, I'm sure that instead of obeying Jesus' words, we too would tell everybody what happened and go where we were supposed not to go and run around consumed by fear. And if Jesus told us, feed these 5,000 people here in front of you, you can bet we would throw up our arms and then have a bit of a moan and then just decide it was impossible. Give us a sign, they demand. And Jesus raises a girl from the dead. And the people laugh. Folk ask him about yeast. And they ask him about hand washing. And they ask him about Sabbath rules. And in the end, Jesus exclaims, Do you still not understand? Have you ears? But do not listen. You will notice that several of the stories preceding this text are about Jesus healing the blind and the deaf. And we are all blind and deaf to the word of God. And we all need restoring to sight and hearing and comprehension. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And we have a lot of listening to do, don't we? How else are we to understand God's desires for us? And the steps we continue to take as the future unfolds? How else will we catch a glimpse of God's imagination reshaping our church, our community, our own lives? And Lent offers us all the chance to make time to commit to the listening space, watching, waiting, being alert, to the voice of God. Can we hone this skill of listening? When Peter is so frightened on the top of that mountain in the presence of the holy God, for once he doesn't really know what to say. <laughs> he begins and then he comes to an end. Terrified, he becomes silent. And in the silence, there is space for listening. Being a disciple means listening. And we don't always hear what we would like to hear. Sometimes I hear suffer. And I'd much rather hear triumph. Sometimes I hear serve, but I'd rather hear lead. Sometimes I hear love, 
but my desire is to walk away. And sometimes what we hear fills us with terror. But the Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And surely fear which comes from being utterly out of my depth is the beginning of faith. Found by listening. Listening to God when thundering from the clouds. Listening to Jesus when he says, do this and live. Listening to each other. God speaking through people. Listening to the children. To the community. To the stranger. Can it be that all we have been taught of a thundering, dazzling, overwhelming God, all our heritage of the law and the prophets, of Moses and Elijah, of tradition and scripture, all is gathered up and focused in one man, our friend, Jesus can it be that all the God we ever need to know looks out of the eyes of one so ordinary, so non-threatening, without power in this world? Can it be that God is like this and that we should listen to one like this? We glimpse God moving in each other and we have to keep listening in faith. Because as the transfiguring light fades, Jesus is going to lead us down the mountain into a season that is even more frightening, upsetting, alarming, and perhaps even harder to understand. What is Jesus going to ask of us? What is the cost? He is leading us, speaking of rejection, of suffering, of death, and of the Son of Man, being raised to life. Do you hear? We sing together, my eyes be open to your presence, my ears to hear your call.
Good morning, everybody, and um, I'm leading you in the prayers of intercession this morning. So let us pray. We come to you, Lord, this morning as we always come, as people of your own creation, amazingly and wonderfully diverse, each one of us utterly unique, yet born of a mother and generated by a father into a family, but not always, into a neighbourhood, perhaps into a city, and into a nation. All of us influenced for good, and sometimes even unknowingly influenced for evil. All born because of you, O Lord, all equal, all loved, all with your spirit within them, whoever they are, each individually special amongst the billions alive in your creation. Lord, we thank you for all creation. Each one of us is unique, yet we come to you together in thanksgiving and supplication. We pray for each other. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, as we remember that all are your children, all loved to death by your Son, and willed to live in harmony, we pray for those who live where there is no harmony, especially between different races and where there is ignorance, corruption, injustice. We bring to you all who are consumed by hatred and bitterness, those making war on their neighbours, those who tyrannously oppress, and those who groan under cruelty and subjection. We pray that you may teach us to live together in trust and peace, without hatred or exploitation, encouraging each other to be respectful of all. We think of the many parts of the world where neighbouring nations are at war or there are deep underlying suspicions. We pray that peace and justice together may fulfil the ambitions of everyone and eventual harmony be the harmony of your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we pray together, we bring to you, our Lord of love, those joys and sadnesses which are parts of our lives now. We bring to you this church and all churches as together we strive to remind all people that we are of God. We bring to you our families and all families, that within them love and joy may be shared by all, and worries understood. We bring to you the communities in which we live, and especially those communities within which there is diversity of rice, of, of race, diversity of wealth, diversity of tolerance, of creed, and so much more. We bring to you those who suffer through illness and anxiety. Or because of poverty. 
or because of ignorance or loneliness. We bring to you those who are in pain today, amongst them may, We bow in supplication as we say, all are your people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember those we have known and loved as close members of our families, as good friends, as wonderful contributors to local, national, and international events, as people who have lived in love, indeed as people who all have died, that they may rest in peace and rise in glory. Merciful Father, Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Good morning, and welcome to all of you here, and welcome to you... Welcome to all of those of you who are online. Um, the notices are, um, there are a few paper copies available at the entrance to church if you've not already received them online. Um, I would like to bring one of the important notices to your attention though, and that's the exhibition Life on the Breadline, which is a joint venture between this church and Highfield Trinity and is being held at Highfield Trinity. Um, it started yesterday and continues until the end of Wednesday, the 21st of February, and we need volunteers to be there to help um, open the place and to support the event. These are two-hour slots starting at 11 o'clock, um, so one o'clock till three, three till five, five till seven, and our help um, is required. And there are two key events during the two-week period as well. Uh, the first of these is on Friday the 16th of February at 7 o'clock, and that's an Ask the Panel session, a question time um, where we can ask about the different aspects of poverty, um, do we need, still need food banks, um, what about the increase in benefits, and the need for that, and why are so many children hungry? Um, there's a second event, too, on Thursday the 22nd of February, also at 7pm, and that's an interfaith forum to explore how different faith communities respond to the problem of poverty. Um, so please um, sign up if you can help. That we've asked to, uh, been asked to do by email, and the email address is in the notices. So please um, do visit the exhibition if you aren't able to help with it, um, and remember the two key events as well during the time. Thank you. Well, this looks exciting. What have we got here? Oh, I say, let's have a look. This is my own dear son. Listen to him. If we hold it upright, it, do you think that's possible? Let's try. And so go, go a little bit further forward so that everybody can see this wonderful collage that's being made of the mountaintop experience, it seems to me. Yep, with the huge cloud. Yeah, show it these people over here as well. 
Wonderful. And all the, all the figures. This yeah. is Peter. This is Peter. That's, that's Jesus. Yeah. That is um, John. Yeah. That's James. Yeah. That is Elijah. 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 And that's Moses. Yeah. Right. And I wrote this. Yes. Well, it's absolutely wonderful. And I love the fact that Jesus is sparkling bright. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It sounds to me like you had a great time in junior church. Wonderful. Right, grab that so that we... That's it. Perfect. You'll find a place to pop it. Thank you. And now we're going to dedicate the offering. Thank you. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for all your good gifts to us. We thank you that we have this opportunity to gather and worship you and to bring you our lives and our gifts. Use us and them for uh, spreading love and light in your world. In Jesus' name, amen. Good place. Okay, we're going to greet each other with the peace now. We, in a moment, we will come to sharing communion, and uh, as Jesus welcomed everyone to his table without exception, so do we. Uh, there is both alcoholic and non-alcoholic wine. The non-alcoholic is in the small glasses, and the bread is gluten-free. I invite you to stand with me now as we share the peace. Our Lord Jesus Christ said to the apostles, I leave you peace, my peace I give to you. The peace of the Lord be always with you. We sing together, speak in the stillness, God we pray.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Gracious and loving God, in whom we live and move and have our being, we offer our praises for the world full of wonder. We praise you for Jesus, the child of Nazareth, the son of man, your gift to the world. He told us that everyone who truly asks receives from you, and everyone who seeks finds you. He makes your grace light up in our minds and hearts through symbol, image, and story. In Jesus' cruel suffering and death, you experienced our darkest night when, forsaken by all, he hung on the cross. And therefore we raise our voices with all creation to you, celebrating the miracle of our hope in Jesus the Christ. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And we praise you, loving God, that on the night before Jesus died, he had supper with his disciples. He said, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this to remember me. He said, drink from it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. It will be shed for you and for everyone for the forgiveness of sins. Do this to remember me. Gracious God, in the power of your Holy Spirit, you anointed Jesus at his baptism, guided all his mission and raised him from death. We ask now for the gift of that same spirit, so that the sharing of this bread and wine, your body and blood, may sustain us on our life's journey and empower us to be as Christ for the world. Blessing and worship be yours, O loving God. We break this bread as we share in the body of Christ. Please be seated. The bread of life, food for the journey. The bread of life, food for the journey. life overflows for you. The cup of life overflows for you.
Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Those who come to me shall never hunger, and those who believe in me shall never thirst. All is now ready. Draw near in faith. And so we pray. Oh God, we give you grateful thanks for all that lies within this sacred feast. May we carry into the world the bread which brings life and the wine of compassion for all who wait in longing. This we pray in your name. Amen. Love divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. May the God in whose image we are made strengthen us in our struggle, embrace us in our weakness, and inspire us with hope for the future. Amen. Go in peace in the power of the Spirit to live and work to God's praise and glory. In the name of Christ, amen.